Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. From being a veteran to a chef and now podcaster, Robert Reed shares his journey of living with ALS, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. He shares his authentic, vulnerable journey of what it's like to now live fully in a wheelchair. There's tears as well as laughs as he shares his story of how to live like you're living while you can. Stay tuned for his incredible, heartfelt story. You don't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business by transforming trauma into a treasure. Check out our new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website, shaysparks.com. And I invite you to connect with me with all the social media links that are there, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and even YouTube. And today, our guest is the amazing Robert Reed. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for taking time to be here. I know you have a busy schedule and, and you know, you have lots of things going on. I can't wait to talk about and I just want to, you know, really give a shout out to the Lion Connect that we're both in that we met just a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was. It, it's been a fun experience. You you don't always get a, an opportunity to to connect with so many like minded people in in a virtual space like that, and you know, provide value and get value from that from that interaction. And so it's been really nice. Yeah. And as soon as you said that you were a podcaster, I was like, oh, I got I got to know more about him. I got to know everything. Uh, yeah. I'm such a boring person in reality, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. Yeah, you are not boring whatsoever. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Kansas City native and veteran Robert Reed finds inspiration in many places and has traveled and worked as a chef to New York, D.C. and Charleston. As an artist and chef, which has influenced his creative style and process, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, a diagnosis of ALS late in 2019 gave him the opportunity to find new ways to express himself artistically. He produces Never Call Me Again podcasts with a focus on artists, creators, and musicians. He also is a YouTube content creator. So you can know more on his website at what's your website, Robert? I don't have one. I'm so lazy. Ah, okay. I'm, so, I'm such an underachiever. It's kind of embarrassing. No, but they can contact you on Facebook and, and we'll get into all the details later. Yeah, so. I, I've got Instagram. I'm on YouTube. There's yeah. the podcast. I'm, I'm everywhere but a website. I should be ashamed. Nah, I, you, there's no need. You have all the other platforms, right? I have the ones that are important to me. Yes, yes. So I always start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? You know, I and I knew that question was coming and I, I thought about it a couple of weeks ago and had a great answer. And, uh, you know, I guess off the cuff, I, I think what's important about what, what investing in people means to me is kind of the whole purpose of me starting my podcast was that, you know, in 2020, we, we, we really lost the, the social connection that, that was physical. And, and so I decided, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get conversation by, by talking to people, inviting them on the podcast. And that will be my, my, my conversational outlet. Mm -hmm. And what was incredibly interesting is I found out immediately 
how ill-prepared people are for conversation, including mm, myself. Mm. And uh, yeah, I am not above that. And so, you know, I would start a conversation with someone and have absolutely no idea where to go next or, or anything. And so I, I think what it is, is we, we tend not to listen. Yeah. And we tend not to realize that that really is, is the center role that, that you have in a conversation is to listen. Out of that, that investment that I that I that I'm getting at eventually is out of that experience. I I learned people really just want to share who they are, and yes. I think 2020. If if it taught me anything, it taught me that I absolutely can't I can't define who someone is. And so first and foremost, I don't have that right. Secondly, I I can't define who they are or who I think they are based on, on one thing alone, whether it be race, politics, gender, gender identity, sexuality, you know, all of the things that, that really came to a forefront in 2020. Mm-hmm. These are things that, that very often we determine this is who you are. And so with my, with my guests, if, um, you know, if I have an artist, they, they, most of them have a website and it's funny. This website thing is killing me. Um, the least of my, the least accomplished of my guests have a website. And so maybe I need to look into that. But, <laughs> you know, musicians have a Spotify or a Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. My, my, my guests that are, that are, you know, artists, painters, they, they have a thriving Instagram. And so mm-hmm. if you want to know who they are as an artist, what, what it is they create, what the finished product looks like, sounds like, feels like, whatever, there's this platform for you to go to. There is not, however, a, a platform really for you to to determine who they are as a person yeah. and, and how they arrived at where they're at. And one of the things that I, I learned with my with my podcast is that people tend to um, you can, it's it's easy to look at somebody and what they do, whether it's you know painting or drawing or or being a member of a band, whatever it is they do, and and we think wow, I wish I could do that. And, and social media allows us to be a part of that. I think sometimes we tend to put people that, that have achieved things that maybe we're interested in or, or whatever. We, our self-doubt comes out of, man, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing about my podcast is that when I sit down and I talk to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm always blown away by who they are and what they do. What always, always comes out in the conversation is that, Hey, this person's just like me. They, you know, maybe they have a skill I don't have, but in the grand scheme of things, they're really no one special. They're, they're just like me. They're just an average person who, who was born, had a childhood, grew up, you know, has had this series of experiences that has allowed them to, to be the individual they are. And it, it gives you that idea that, hey, if this very, normal individual can accomplish these things, maybe I can as well. Mm-hmm. And it's become really important to me. You know, and so this disability thing is it's relatively new, August twelfth of 2019. And uh, you you don't really understand how a specific demographic view views the world or few feels. Mm-hmm. And uh, being faced with a new challenge uh, allows you a glimpse into that. And uh, so it's been a very interesting, you know, couple of years for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. And you really just hit the golden ticket is really about listening. And as podcasters, we have a, a, an opportunity to have a platform for other people to be understood and heard. And at the end of the day, you know, that's just one of our core needs in life is to be heard by other people and to share our story. Or maybe it's not even to share a story, but it's just to be Somebody to go, yeah, I, I hear you. I agree. And so I recently, and so we were speaking about, we were talking earlier about the, the Lion Club. And, and so I had an opportunity to sit down a couple of weeks ago with one of the members. And, and so he's, he's, he's currently on the podcast right now and my, my current episode. And um, unbelievable individual. Mm. And I, and I kind of knew that going in, I, I kind of had a glimpse of who he was just through our, our, you know, online communication. But when I sat down with him, there was this connection of 
the, the conversation just kind of became its own thing. We talked a little bit about who he is and what he does. And then we reminisced about, you know, decades of time that, that one or both of us, you know, were alive in yeah. and, and different, different similarities that we had, different things that had touched us as human beings. And it was such a rewarding conversation to, to be able to talk to someone decades younger than me. Mm. And, and know that there was this connection, there was this, you know, interest in a thriving relationship, regardless of, of what any differences we may have, whether they be race or, or age or, or background or skill. You know, the idea that people are approachable, mm. that they are, are never necessarily who we think they are, it has just been amazing. I love that. You're right. People aren't necessarily who we think they are. So for, have you found that, well, one, I I feel, have you found that the art of conversation has been lost? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you know, and I don't know if I'm right. I I like to blame social media for everything. That's my great (laughs) scapegoat. I think, um, it's it's interesting to me is I, I think that because we have so many platforms that we can communicate on via via message or via text or or comment or um, emoji or thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, right. There there are so many ways for us to communicate that it, it has it has removed the human element. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started noticing a couple of years ago that in society, people people tend to to not be as mannerful as they once were. Mm. And you know, initially, I thought, well, maybe it's a generational thing. You know, I I'm old, and so I grew up in a time where you know there were these these instilled manners. Yeah, and uh, you know, the military will will you know if if you're paying attention, will will instill a little bit of that. I think I, 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 I really just like blaming social media for everything. And so I think I think not having that that direct human connection of accountability and being present within a situation has allowed us at times to not be as kind, mm-hmm. to not be as generous, to to not be as engaged. And so I have noticed that, you know, it, and so like on Instagram, for instance, if you, if you put a story on Instagram, it's, it's there, I think for 24 hours and it's gone. That's the same with Facebook. Mm-hmm. A lot of music, a lot of the music that is being produced now is, is a minute and a half, two minutes, you know, on Spotify. And it's because it's digestible because mm-hmm. we, we have become this disposable society of, of everything has to be consumed immediately yes. and, and quickly. Mm-hmm. And there, there has to be this, you know, it's as if we need to be constantly satiated and that allows us to move away from that, that humanness of each other and not understand that, you know, when you, when you do make that negative comment, when you, when you are harsh, when you are unkind, that does have a lasting effect on that individual. And you don't see that. And when you're, when you're standing in front of someone, looking them in the eye, you know immediately when you've done something that was unkind or, or not mm-hmm. mannerful. And, and so I think doing what we do kind of helps remove that from us to a degree of we absolutely have to engage and be respectful and be mannerful. And, you know, and we are definitely aware when we do something that, you know, is outside of that. Well, you said looking each other in the eye, and it's funny because I believe our generation, you said you're old, and I'm like, well, I'm in that too. Thanks, Robert. (laughs) Our generation was really taught to like when you speak to look someone in the eye and the, this, you know, younger, any generation that's younger than us, we'll just put it that way. I won't say this generation, the generation that's younger than us. I think they kind of lost that ability to have a conversation and be able to look at the other person because they're so focused on looking down at their phone or device or whatever it is they have. I mean, even little kids, you know, nowadays, it's like, oh, keep them entertained for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, and give them a device instead of just being able to sit there like 
sit down, be quiet, just, you know, listen, observe, pick up a book, read a magazine, whatever. They don't, they don't do that anymore. I agree. It's everything is, everything is at the, the, the tips of our fingers. And there, there is a huge part of me that, that adores that. You know, I love being able to, if there's something I don't know, I, I Google it. Yeah. If, um, if I want to watch a, a video about something, I go to YouTube and, and 99% of the time it's there. And uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's wonderful to, to have that immediate accessibility. If you want to learn something, if you want to educate yourself, if you want to entertain yourself, whatever it is you're doing, there, there is a, a, a media platform that will engage and, 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 you know, answer that request, that need. But it is also very distracting. It can be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've definitely gone through a mode where, you know, I'm, I'm engaged in a social situation and, and I'm on my phone, you know, because of work or because of whatever. And having to set it down. You know, my mother, a, a couple of years ago, asked me if I would set my phone down. And I was embarrassed. Mm. I, you know, and so it was constant work stuff at the time. And uh, it was it was taking me out of the, the situation. And it was not respectful. And, and she had absolutely no issue saying, hey, could you put your phone down? <laughs> and so I did. Beautiful. I mean, what a lesson, really, I think, in, in being present, right? We get this thought of faster is better, instant gratification, microwave, you know, they didn't return my text. It's been five minutes, you know, all of those things that we're used to doing. And to be able to just be in the moment do you think that 2020 w- taught you to be in the moment? Well, I can't really ask you that question because your diagnosis kind of came before that. Do you think your diagnosis allowed you the opportunity to be more in the moment and more present than other people get the gift of? I think it did eventually. Initially, to be honest, it devastated me. Sure. I, I was crushed. And uh, there did come a... A point in time did come that I thought, you know, and so I, I, I sometimes say that it's kind of freeing and, and it is in the idea that, you know, there are, there are so many things that I, I want to do and I want to say and, and, uh, and I want to experience. And I know that my time for those things is, is limited for one reason or another, whether it will be that, you know, my disease takes that, that, that physical aspect of, of being able to participate in something or, you know, it eventually takes my life. And so I know that my time is limited on, on those two levels. And the way that it has really kind of been a relief is it's not just a factor of, well, I only have so much time. It's a factor of, hey, you know what? I don't know if I have enough time to, to be self-conscious, to be concerned, to mm. be worried what someone thinks. And so if I want to try something new, knowing that I'm not good at it. I have no inherent skill and I have to learn every aspect of this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I can do that. I may not be here long enough for criticism to matter to me. And, uh, you know, the idea that today could be the last day, and that's the thing with ALS is, you know, ALS is, is often termed the disease of losses. Mm-hmm. And initially you don't really get that. What happens is, you know, for me, I lost the ability to to walk without staggering, to to walk without my feet slapping every time I would lift my leg or a foot dragging. It, it eventually, very quickly actually, progressed to not being able to walk at all, not being able to stand. Hmm. And, and so what happened for me was I, all of this happened within a, a couple of months. Wow. And about the time... I got my mind wrapped around that and and started to kind of stop feeling sorry for myself. The next thing started to be affected, started to be, started Mm. to be affected. And and so what happens is, is you, you lose one thing and you wrap your mind around it. You lose another thing, you wrap your mind around it. You lose another thing and you wrap your mind around that. And uh, it is devastating. It's, it's like being in a car accident every few months and losing something because of that car accident. Wow. And, uh, you know, and so when I decided to start the podcast, for instance, one of, and so I have dysphagia and dysarthia. And so I, I, 
I have atrophy of my vocal cords, and so they, they get tired quickly. I have atrophy in the tongue, and so it doesn't. I smack a lot when I talk, which is an editing nightmare. Yeah. Or and not. So, or not. <laughs> or not. Uh, yeah, just leave it. Who cares? Yeah. And so, but, you know, the thing is, is I knew... And so I'm not able to, to amplify my voice the way I was and, and get volume all the time. And so I knew the eventuality was going to be that I wouldn't be able to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, that devastated me. You know, the idea that sure. I couldn't walk and I couldn't work as a chef anymore did a number on me. The idea that, and so I, from there, I, I started, you know, painting and drawing again. And, you know, losing the ability to, to have purposeful movement in my hands and, and control a paintbrush or a pencil, it was devastating because I thought, no, I have so many more things to mm-hmm. say, you know, and it was, it was just, it was just devastating. And so I, I eventually decided, you know, I'm going to do a podcast and, you know, the idea that I would lose the ability to speak was it's, it's been the worst part of it. Okay. I, I, fear, I fear the loss of my words more than I fear death. Mm-hmm. The idea that I can look at someone and say, happy birthday, mm-hmm. good morning, I love you, that I can respond in a meaningful way when they have a good day or a bad day verbally is a very devastating thing. And I love to jabber, you know? And so the idea that that could be gone, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. And I thought, well, you know, the most important thing, the most important component in a podcast is speech. And so let's start a podcast knowing that we're losing the most important thing we have. And so I did it. I thought, you know what? This could be fruitless. I could, I could have a run of it for a couple of months. It could be a year. Let's do it anyway. I love that you're doing it anyway. One, you have a fantastic voice uh, verbally, but two, you have a fantastic voice energetically. Well, thank you. I, I think it's kind of monotone sometimes. Actually, I switched mics recently because the other mic was a little bassy for me. And so, I'd, uh... but you're just such a force and such a gentle, kind compassionate person when you interview people that it it just comes through. So I am so glad that you decided to do podcasting because you are a gift and you're allowing these people to have, you know, let them share their voice. You know, I, I thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I, that's the thing is my guests are amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. And, and so I know that you, you, you've, 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 you've understood this, that, mm-hmm. You sit down with somebody and you're just like, where did you come from? Like, yeah. You're just so flabbergasted by who they are, what they've achieved, or, or what just happens in the conversation. So many times I, I will sit down with someone and something so unexpected and amazing comes out about them. And um, I, I think, but you know, the selfish side is, is through this journey, I have learned so much more about myself mm-hmm. in relation to to people, to guests, to you know my family, to all of my interactions. I've learned so much more about me than I than I have any of my guests, and mm-hmm. so that that is the thing they have given me is that they have they have opened me up, allowed me to express myself, to to say this is who I am, to give me this platform that has allowed me to care a little less about, you know, appearances or, or, you know, the stipulations and boundaries that we often put on ourselves, you know, it has been incredibly freeing. You know, we talked, what, a couple weeks ago, and it was a long conversation. And one of the things that you shared, and I hope that it's uh, okay to ask you this, but I hope that you'll share this, is now that you have lost the ability to stand and walk, you're in a wheelchair, how people may not, quote unquote, see you or how they look at you differently. Yeah, it, yeah and you know, it's funny as I just had a conversation about this on Thursday night. I, you know, and, and to a degree, you know, there, there, comes a, there, there comes a balance eventually about my views on this. And, and I'll get to that 
all lead up to that. And so, you know, initially when, when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed and a month later I was in a wheelchair. Wow. And so it was very rapid initially. And um, so I, I'm in the wheelchair and it was a nice wheelchair. You know, I went and got one of the little lightweight, you know, very sporty. It was bright orange, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I was stylish. Mm-hmm. But I was embarrassed. I did not mm-hmm. want to to go in public. And so I, I, I did not go out in public by myself for a couple of months. I, I hid at the house and, mm-hmm. and just was very, very self-conscious. Not only did I not want to see friends, I, I didn't want to see, mostly I didn't want to see acquaintances. Acquaintances, anybody that maybe has seen you in passing or, mm-hmm. you know, stood next to you in line in a coffee shop or, or wherever it is you may be, they want to know what happened. Yeah, and, and they want the story. We all want the story, and um, and so you know, I avoided going out in public because I, I of how I viewed myself, and and so I eventually decided, you know what, I'm I'm just going to do this. And so the very first time I decided I was going to go out in public, I went somewhere that that I had been going almost thirty years. It was a little local coffee shop in Kansas City, and I felt safe there. I felt confident there. I felt part of that community. And so I, I go in, I wheel up to the counter, I get my cup of coffee, and I, I go over to a table. And, uh, you know, when I went in, the, the baristas, they, they, some of these people have known me almost 20 years and hadn't seen me in a few months. All of a sudden, here I am in a wheelchair. They, they took my order. Actually remembered what I what I normally drink, and so they, you know, hey, is this what you want? I said, yeah. They they took the order. The money was exchanged. I got my coffee. I I went to my table, and they didn't treat me any differently, and and it felt amazing. And so I go to the table, feeling very self conscious. I I put my headphones on, started listening to some music, and a couple of minutes into sitting there, I saw fingers on the table in front of me, mm. tapping. And so I, I took the headphones off and looked up, complete stranger standing there. And uh, he says to me, what's wrong with you? <gasps> a yeah. complete stranger. Wow. Complete stranger. Never seen this man <laughs> in my life. What's wrong with you? And wow, he caught me at a terrible time because, you know, and so already I'm feeling very self-conscious and ill at ease, very vulnerable. Sure. And, and I'm not used to being... I've never felt vulnerable in my life, mm. you know, and, um, and so now I'm in this and, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, to, to be someone who, who has never felt, felt vulnerable, all of a sudden you're vulnerable is it's catastrophic. And yes. <laughs> yes. so all of these emotions, he, he says to me, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And so I, I look at him and I, I tell him, I just blurt out. I said, why well, I have ALS, I'm dying. And, and so he laughs and wow. you know, bring, yeah, he brings his hands up and does like the, you know, the, I don't know, whatever that thing is. And, uh, and, and just laughs, makes fun of me and walks away. And I was devastated. And this is in front of, you know, like 40 people, the place is packed and, uh, you know, no one knew what to say. Everybody just, you know, there was a, there was a guy that was sitting in front of me and he just kind of dropped his head. And you could just tell he was just, it, it impacted him. And that, sure. that honestly made me feel good to know that even though you didn't say anything, you felt compassion, you felt shame and you, you were like, wow. And so that was incredibly impactful. And I sat there for about two or three minutes. And once everybody stopped looking, I got the courage to roll out. And I, and I haven't been back. I, I don't, at this point, I, I physically can't go anywhere by myself. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need adult supervision. But, you know, and so a few months later, we, we went out and went to, a, went to a restaurant, carryout place, and ordered a couple of sandwiches. And the person behind the counter never verbally acknowledged me <clears throat> and um, always acknowledged the person I was with. And um, so I, I say to the woman, I, there were some chocolate chip cookies. And anybody that knows me knows I love chocolate chip cookies. So there were chocolate chip cookies on the counter. And, and so I told her, I said, you know, I said, I said, oh, and I want one of those chocolate chip cookies. And so the very first time she, she looks at me, she kind of looks at me and, and nods and then looks at the person I'm with and says, can he have a cookie? 
And so I'm, I'm 50 years old at this point. <laughs> I am the adult in the room. And right. so you don't, you know, and so I, I very much felt like, well, hold on. Mm. Did I, do I not have permission? Can I have a cookie? And so what happens is between your, your own self-esteem, your, your, your doubts, the, the impact of, of having ALS, the impact of the chair, and, and oftentimes people's, the way you are greeted, mm. you start to feel like the chair. And that oftentimes is reinforced even in your personal life with friends and family. They, they want to help. They want to, you know, whatever. They don't understand. They don't know how to, to always navigate that relationship. And, and so even to them to a degree, you know, I've, I've, been in the, I've been in the store with a friend and they, they kind of put me over to the side or kind of in a corner. And it's not on purpose. It's to get me out of the way and keep traffic flowing. And, you know, people tend to, and, and so that's where I, and so I told you earlier, I, you know, I have a place I'm going with all this. I'm a little discombobulated sometimes. And so the thing is, is you understand eventually when you stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop embracing the idea of being the chair, you eventually understand that for me, at least, you know, there was a time where I was not in a chair. And so I know that two years ago, I would have had no idea how to interact with somebody, what I, what I could help them with, what I couldn't help them with, how to, how to really just interact and, interact and engage. Mm-hmm. And so you understand that you are in a situation that everyone is uncomfortable with mm. because, you know, unless you, unless you deal actively with people that are disabled, you don't really understand what it's like. It's very foreign to you. And so you don't know how to react. And so what I do now, if I'm out somewhere and, and someone wants to have a conversation or, or starts it out in a, in a way that I, you know, just isn't very nice or, or thoughtful or comfortable, I always just say, hey, you know what? Let's start with this. Let's start with the idea that this is incredibly uncomfortable for both of us for these reasons. Let's talk about that. And then we can move on. And it allows people to know that it's okay. I know that I'm different. I know that this is not something you deal with. But I would like you to be comfortable. Because ultimately, I want to be comfortable. And I want the next person that you deal with that's, you know, on crutches, in a wheelchair, blind, deaf, you know, whatever the issue may be, I want you to be comfortable. Because if you're comfortable, they will be comfortable. And uncomfortability in society and in life is, is kind of hand in hand with ALS. And so if I can alleviate that some way, you know, I'm all for that. Who you bring uh, tears to my eyes. My goodness, Robert, what a story. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, it's interesting that when you are not familiar, we'll use that word, when you're not familiar with someone with a disability or that is now in a wheel or in a wheelchair, you look at them from a different point of view, right? And I had the amazing gift of my mom's best friend's daughter having cerebral palsy, and she was always in a wheelchair my, the whole, my whole life of knowing her. And it was just able to navigate asking questions of what is it that you need me to do? And thank God her mom was able to like help me with that, you know, in, in a way, cause she was also learning cause she was, had this growing child. So every stage was different on figuring out how to maneuver, whether it would be a wheelchair or how to maneuver from one thing to the other, from her chair to the, to the restroom, the restroom back to the chair, you know, all the things. So I was able to get that sneak peek into that because we just, we never know. I mean, when you were told you would never probably thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, be in a wheelchair. And what did you say? Just a few months. Yeah, it, and so I was diagnosed August 12th of 2019 and early September. I, you know, and so I haven't walked wow. since early September. It, wow. Uh, you know, a lot of falling down the stairs and tripping and, you know, staggering. You know, it, it, it's almost like having spaghetti legs. And, wow. and so it's been that long. 
And uh, and how did you, I'm going to butt in there. How did you know to, like, what were the symptoms leading up to that, that you knew something was terribly wrong and you needed to figure it out? <laughs> that's a, that's a whole nother adventure. I, and so it, it was, you know, it's funny is um almost two and a half years ago, I came home from work one night. And so I, I adamantly historically have always refused to go to a doctor. And so whatever's wrong, whatever's going on, it will heal. And, and if it's an open wound, you can close it with super glue. Um, and so I, you know, yeah, I just all, I've never well, been, you've been, you're a chef. Of course you don't have time to go get stitches. Right. So right. yeah. And so a couple about two and a half years ago. And so keep in mind prior to the, prior to my diagnosis, I, I did calisthenics four hours a day. And so I, I would get up four hours before the rest of the world and, you know, pull-ups, burpees, run. I was very athletic, very active. And, and so there was that, and then a 12 hour a day job. And I came home from work one night, was standing in the kitchen, having a conversation, normal, you know, stance. And I lost my balance and just kind of started falling towards the left. And, you know, corrected myself, didn't really think anything of it. Happened again a few months later, still didn't think anything of it. Had some, had some balance issues here and there other than that. And I thought, you know, maybe I've got something. Maybe there's, you know, some equilibrium thing. That or I'm just old and tired. And uh, I started noticing that, you know, pull-ups weren't as easy, you know. Mm. And uh, initially I thought, well, I've just peaked. And, uh, and so I'm going to have to add weight to, to continue to build or, or whatever. And I started noticing that my grip wasn't as good. I, I seemed to be getting fatigued a lot easier. And there was no growth and I was actually losing muscle. And, you know, my diet was, was on point, everything. There was absolutely no physical reason that I was contributing. You know, there was no change that should have had such a dramatic change. I started noticing on my, on my right hand, I have um, some of the muscle is caving in on that. And so there's atrophy. Wow. And that's been there for quite a while. And so I started noticing that and I thought, well... I think a car- carpal tunnel or something, who knows? Mm. And, and so the eventuality is I fell down the stairs like three times in a week wow. and realized, well, something needs to happen. Maybe I need to make an appointment. Still didn't make an appointment. What I did, what happened. And so I was in Midtown at a, the same coffee shop I told you about earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was there, I was sitting out front, cup of coffee, and it is in a, a district of town that is kind of a, like a party area. Mm-hmm. And so it's like noon and I, I drink my cup of coffee and I get up and I go to walk away and I'm going to go have lunch and I'm staggering. And I was embarrassed because I didn't want someone to think it's only noon. Are you drunk? And so I was so embarrassed by the, yeah, right. He's so embarrassed by the idea that I'm, I look bad. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make that appointment. We've talked about it. I'm going to make the appointment. And so I made an appointment. I went in and go see my family doctor. He does the checkup. We have a conversation and he says, well, I think you might have ALS. Wow. Yeah. And so he's like, you need to go see a neurologist. And so I, you know, man, I'm like, okay. And I have no idea. You know, I know that it's not great. I know that it's not real fun, but I don't know anything about it at this point. And so I, you know, I, I actually ended up seeing like four or five doctors, five neurologists, and I was, I was declining quickly physically. Mm-hmm. And, and so August 12, 2019, I, I go into the doctors and they have the diagnosis. And, you know, so they tell me, you know, hey, you have ALS. And I, you know, and so then they just kept talking. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, I, I got to go. I'm like, we can, we can make an appointment in a couple of weeks, you know, we can sit down and we can have this, you know, how to conversation, I, but I need to, I need to leave. And, and so I left and what do you mean you needed to leave? Did you need to leave? Cause you needed to process and wrap your head I around did. it. I yeah. did. I needed, I needed yeah. to, I needed to not be in that conversation. You know, that I, I yeah. knew at that point that this was my, this was my new reality and honestly, I didn't want to share it with them. I, I knew that we were going to be spending a lot of time together and I need a little space in this relationship right now. You know, that's so uh-huh. smart. Well, I mean, it might be funny, but it's really smart that you did that. I, 
I was with my dad when he was diagnosed with cancer, both times, two types of cancer. And there's something that I think shuts down when you hear the diagnosis that you stop hearing. And so to be able to say, hey, I need time now, let's give me a moment and I'm going to come back to really like, let's attack this. And the fact that you did it is huge. I wish more, I wish doctors would actually say that. I, I agree for the most part. And, and I think there are probably people that, that absolutely do want to sit there and, and, you know, look at it. And so your family, and I'm sure that sitting there with your father, you, you, at least the first time probably was like, well, hold on, you know, cause I have so many questions and, and so many concerns. And I think for the, the, the other side of that is that I would be willing to bet that your father, anyone else that's ever been in any of these situations, me, as soon as I heard the diagnosis, I was in planning mode. You know, my life is about to change. And here in a little while, I'm about to get into a car with somebody that I love very much and take a 30-minute ride home. And I have to look at her and tell her that our life has changed. Yeah. And I don't want to. Not because it not, it's not cowardice, it's not fear. You don't want to hurt someone that way, and it hurts them. <laughs> the tears again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's difficult to, you know, that's the thing. is, and I, and I think I'm probably not alone in that. I think, excuse me, the minute you know your life is about to change, you know that there are going to be these these physical limitations. There's going to eventually be this death. <laughs> the minute you know that everything is about to change so much, and not only are you are you going to die, but this is probably how you're going, how it's going to look, and what it's going to be like. You know that it is going to be incredibly impactful on the individuals who, who share your life and uh, you're, you're planning, you're trying to figure out um, when you, when you tell someone this news, it's, it's almost, for me, it was almost like I was apologizing. Mm. You know, we had an amazing, and we still do. We have an amazing relationship. It is, it is very difficult to tell someone that you share your life with that I'm dying. And this is what it's going to look like. And this is what it is going to do to us. You know, ALS is, is physically, emotionally, and financially devastating. It, it changes every single dynamic of your life. And understanding that, you, you, you look at, you feel bad because you think, this is what, I've, this is what I'm doing. This is what this is doing to, to all of these parts of our lives. And, uh, you know, I remember getting in the car thinking, you know, we were, we were ready to move to another state and, and there were, there going to be these vacations and these adventures wow. and we're going to grow old together. And there's all of these things. And I'm thinking how much of that is gone now. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you feel like you are denying somebody that, that, that freedom, that happiness, that security, that being with you has provided there's this whole new list of responsibilities. And, you know, at least for me, you don't, I, I never thought, you know, God, is she up for this? I thought, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to have to do these things. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that, you know, most people step up and, and they're there, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. What can I do? So your podcast is called Never Call Me Again. <laughs> it is. And uh, what was your inspiration, I'll say, thought process in, in calling it that? That's a funny story. And so I, the, the one thing about me is if I say that I'm going to do this, even if it sounds ridiculous, if I say it, I'm going to do it, no matter what it is, because I refuse to lose face. If, um, yeah, I'm not going to brag to you. Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to do this. And that I don't do it. I look terrible. And so I'm not, I'm not willing. Yeah, I'm not willing to do that. So I, you know, I decided that out of nowhere, oh yeah, I'm gonna do a podcast. 
And so I, I ordered equipment and I learned, I learned how to edit. Mm-hmm. I, I learned how to do everything that you do to, to run a podcast before I had any of the equipment. I'm watching videos. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. Finally ordered my equipment. So my equipment is, is coming from Sweetwater and it's the notification says it'll be there in two days, Mr. Reed. And I'm excited. And then a day out, I'm like, hold on. I don't have any idea what my podcast is going to be named what it's going to be about. I would, I didn't know if I was going to do a solo podcast. And so at this point, yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm just going to get on there and just jabber about nothing, yeah. no direction, no idea what was, what I was, I just was going to start a podcast and I had told everybody. And so, yeah, I, and so about a day out, I'm like, Oh, well, hold on. And so I'm on YouTube trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do? I missed a very important part of, of this whole process. I know how to do everything, but what am I going to do? And what is it going to be called? And, and so the specific audio interface that I use is fairly popular. And so I went, there's a guy that's uh, on YouTube and he's got a lot of videos about it. And one of the things I can do is I can connect my phone mm. to it via Bluetooth mm-hmm. and, and just interview people over the phone. And I thought, God, that's my saving grace. I will interview people. And um, I had no idea that I, I had no idea how to interview anybody, let alone have a conversation <laughs> But that's what I was going to do. That was my lifeline. Mm-hmm. And I was grabbing onto that thing for dear life. And so I go and I watch the video. And in the very beginning of the video where he is showing, this is how you connect this thing via Bluetooth. I don't even have the piece of equipment yet. I've got it now, but I didn't have it then. <laughs> right. But I'm watching the video because I need some insp- I need some help here. I am about to drown. And during the, the intro of the video, before he shows you how to set everything up, his little skit where he, he calls a friend and the friend says, never call me again. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and I actually reached out to him and I said, Hey, this is who I am. And, and this is what I want to do. And, and I was very inspired by this and I, 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 I need a name desperately. And I was dishonest with him and he was like, absolutely. And he was so honored. And he's like, hey, when you, when you do it, he's like, send me a link. He said, I would love to hear it. And, and, and very gracious, very gracious guy. But yeah, and so that's funny is I, you know, I sometimes will, you know, I'll send a message to someone or, or get a hold of them in, in whatever way and ask them, hey, would you, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And, and sometimes they're like, they ask, they're like, well, what is it about? And, and what it is, is they want to know about the name. I've had a couple of guests that just laughed when I said, hey, the podcast is never call me again. They just start laughing. And so it really, it really has no connection. Yeah, it has no <laughs> connection at all to what I actually do, other than the idea that I was, I was in a tight spot. Was like, I need a name, and I'm going to do this on my phone. And since I'm going to do this on my phone, this is, this is, this has something to do with that, and that's all I need. And um, but it's been such an adventure of learning how to navigate conversations mm. you know sometimes you you talk to people and they are not forthcoming and, you know i've had conversations where it's like pulling teeth mm-hmm. i've had conversations where we have talked for three hours mm-hmm. and you sometimes have that dynamic with somebody where you just connect and you're just like that was so amazing and you you know you 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 get off the video off the phone you know whatever that that medium is you're using to record you walk away from that conversation just thinking, that was wonderful. It was so worthwhile. And you're so excited to edit it and put it out there. And um, you just want everybody to know them. Everybody, You just want everybody to listen to the music, to hear the conversation, to see the art, and to know this one thing about this person or these hundred things about this person. You, you want your listener to, to have the connection with them mm-hmm. that you have. Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes it's not. That is exactly what happened when we connected. And I was like, oh, I got to have Robert on my show. He's just so amazing. He's got to tell all of his, all of his story, all the, all the things. He has to tell all the years of, of Robert. So, Yeah, I've, I've had some adventures. You know, and, and I do. I tend to think of myself as fairly boring because, you know, for all intents and purposes, my life is is really exactly like everyone else's. You know, we talked earlier about about the ALS and about, you know, the the 
me having the sense. And so what happened to, to kind of revisit that conversation with the chair? You know, society sees you as the chair. And what changed for me was that when I started seeing myself as the chair, I thought, no way in hell. I have got to get out of this chair if the only way I can do it is I, I have to speak and I have to say, I am a man. I am Robert. I am, I am so many things. I am not this chair. This is not the thing that you need to know about me. There are so many other things that you need to know about me and I need to know about you. Let's discuss those because those are the things that we're going to get value from. And this has allowed me that opportunity. Yeah. So have you done solo episodes? Because I know we talked about in your intro about being like working in uh, New York and DC and Charleston. So have you, have you shared any of those stories on your solo episodes? <laughs> I, okay. So here's the thing I have, I haven't technically done any solo episodes, but here's the thing. And so this goes back to us not understanding conversation, not you and I, but just in general. Yeah. And so yeah. starting out, I had no idea. And so if they're initially, the show is very much about me because I didn't know how to have a conversation. And so I would take absolutely any opportunity I could to, to tell my story and get me out there. And I, 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 I listened to a couple episodes and was like, I was horrified. I was embarrassed. I thought, oh, well, this isn't about me. You know, this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with me getting you comfortable and getting your story out there. And so I haven't done any, any actual literal solo episodes. I've absolutely stolen the show a few times. I've learned to not do that. And, and the thing what's interesting is when you're having a really good conversation, those things come out anyway. And yeah. so it's, I guess it kind of takes away the altruism of, of conversation, making it about the other person. Because if, you, if, if, if it becomes very comfortable and very familiar, very intimate, you come out. You are very represented in that. And conversation is such a huge gift. And that's why, you know, the idea of losing it was such a stumbling block for me. Sure. Sure. And so I hope you will be doing more solo episodes and sharing stories. I, you know, I don't know. I'm so discombobulated in my thought. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I tend to be all over the place, which is really good because I have an excellent memory and allows me to, to go all the way back to the beginning of a conversation when someone says something and say, well, we were talking about this and you said, and, and so it definitely, that helps the, the guests feel very comfortable because they, they feel as if they're valued, they're being listened to. Mm-hmm. I, I would consider... Um, a solo episode. I don't know what I would talk about other than potentially my guests. I, and so on my, on my YouTube channel, I'm actually going to start a live stream. Awesome. Yeah. There I said it in public. And so now I have to do now it. Now you have to do it. <laughs> I have to do it. And so, you know, again, it's one, of, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Anybody at all that ever hears this, I really want you to, I want you to do that thing that you want to do that you're shy about, that you're self-conscious about, that you absolutely think I'm not good at this. I'm going to fail. Do it anyway. Yeah. I have done so many things in my life that I wasn't good at. And it turns out that some of them I'm really good at. Some of them I, I still, I suck to this day. <laughs> the thing is this, I had, I had the experience Mm. You know, yeah. and the great thing, you know, so, you know, with, with what I'm doing now, the great thing that's the, the thing that's great about it with, with podcasting, with YouTube is, is, you know, you, you start like anything else in life, you start these things with no knowledge, no understanding, no, you know, logistically, you do, you have no idea how this is going to happen. You're just going to do it if you're like me. Yeah. And I what was. happens, right. <laughs> and so what happens is along the way, if you're lucky, you, you build a community of, of other creators, whether it be podcasters, YouTubers, artists, bakers, whoever it is you are in life, your success is, is it, it, it comes and is supported by that community that you build. And so when you reach out to someone and say, hey, 
I'm in a jam, man. And I, I stuck my foot in my mouth. I've got equipment coming tomorrow and no name for my podcast and never call, never call me again. Just sounds fabulous. And people will laugh. Can I use it? A relationship forms, mm. you know, and you know, and it may not be your new brother, but a relationship, whether it's professional, whether, you know, whatever mm-hmm. ends up happening, there is that community. There is that support. There is that interest. There is, you know, and so for him, he felt invested in, he felt that, Hey, you yeah. know what, this is an individual who, who subscribes and interacts on my platform with my, with my videos. And he's asking if he can do this. Mm-hmm. And that engagement means a lot. It's, it's very supportive. Yeah. So I've received from my guests, from, from subscribers, from, you know, my, my peers, so much support that you, you know, even if you don't succeed, you've gotten that. And, and that sometimes is so much bigger than, you know, look at all my subscribers. Look at my success. You know, um, sometimes your success is that community that you build. And, and that so much, so often is the most important part of it. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. It, and it's really about maybe, you know, changing the lens you look at success through. It is. And I, and and I think it's, I think it's also about how you view changing the lens you look at life. Absolutely. Um, Yes. And and that was one of the things we talked about earlier is, you know, did my diagnosis change the way I view life? And absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's absolutely been a, um, it's been an adventure. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been a graduation of events of, of feeling alone and depressed and sad and, you know, sorry for yourself, all of these things. And then saying, Hey, you know what? I am not the chair and I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. And I think it's really important that, that anybody and everybody just live like it doesn't matter. Just, you know, if you feel like people don't care and, and you feel like people aren't invested in you, all the better. Cause then you don't have to worry about anybody watching. You know, my there very you first, right. You know, my, and so, you know, we're all nervous when we, when we do something big for the first time, you yep. know, and so my podcast, I was very nervous and the first episode went out and I think in like four or five days, I had eight people listen and uh, yeah, part of me was just terrified. What are these eight people thinking of me? I look like a fool. The other part of me was like, cause this thing was like an hour long. I thought, man eight people spent an hour mm. listening to this conversation. I had you for an hour. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is once that hits your head that yeah. you're like, hold on, I've got you for 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. Then you start thinking, hold on. Am I giving you the value of your time? Mm. You know, if I, if, if I do something that costs you $20, I can give you the $20. If I take your time, I can't give that back. Yeah. Am I providing you value for that, for that hour? And, and so that, that, that hits you at some point that, hold on, I need to do things differently. And that's the great thing about, you know, not caring is you're allowed to evolve. You know, mm-hmm. you evolve in life. You know, it starts out with birth and kindergarten and, and all the you know, everything in life. And, and, and it's this constant evolution. And we, we tend to not allow evolution in certain areas of our lives. You, you have to evolve as, as, yes. as a friend, as a parent, as a sibling, as, as a student, as an educator, as an artist, anything and everything that you, you know, and everyone has the right to get better, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you suck at it, but you want to do it, do it anyway. Because the thing is, is let's go back to the point earlier. No one's paying attention to you. And so because no one's paying attention (laughs) to you right now, you have all the time in the world to screw this up prolifically and not Mm -hmm. worry because no one's listening. No one's watching. (laughs) And this, this allows you the time to figure out what you're doing before they start watching. And so eventually what happens is you get good and people are like, hold on. And then they're paying attention. And by then you're, you're prepared. Right. You know? So just live your life. Live your life. So that brings me to my next question as we're getting close to wrapping up here. What do you want to be remembered for? What do you, what is, would be your legacy? 
Wow, I don't know. You know, I, I actually, and so initially my, the little synopsis for my podcast was, you know, it, it occurred to me that, you know, I lost a family member in, in 2019. And I remember middle of 2019, um, sitting in, in the garage of the condo. So we, we moved, we were in two story, we're in a one story now, looking at a few boxes that contained her things and thinking, being very sad and thinking this is what life for you has been reduced to a few boxes and some memories. Mm. And it occurred to me at that moment that I am going to die. And what are people going to remember about me? What are they going to think about me? Who am I? And uh, it reminded me. And so my mind wanders and I, I started thinking about my mother, who was the one that had passed. And I thought she used to tell me when I was a little kid, I was wild. And so she'd be busting my chops about something I'd done or, you know, whatever. And she would, birds of a feather, you know, and she, she impressed upon me very young at a very early age that you, you are the sum of your friendships, Yes, you know, and, and that's, what's been amazing about what I've done in the last few months is a podcast has allowed me to, to make friends Mm -hmm. and to interact in a very intimate way with people that I potentially will never meet, meet in my life. And, you know, I think my legacy is my friends, is, you know, the idea that someone throughout their day at some point may chuckle, may smile, may shed a tear in some way. Think of me during their day, something completely unrelated to me. They might laugh because they, someone says, never call me again. <laughs> and, um, yeah. You know, I think, I think I want to be, ref- I want to be remembered through my friends, who they are, how amazing they are. I think if, if you can, if, if there's something in your life that you can do to, to attract these types of people, I, I think there's something exceptional about you. And I am, I think I'm exceptional because of my friends, because of, of mm-hmm. who has allowed me to be part of their life in one way or another. Well, Robert, you are exceptional because you are you. I appreciate that. So please tell us the name of the podcast. So and and what platforms you're on so they can, our listeners can uh, listen in. It is never call me again. And I'm on Apple, Spotify, I'm everywhere. YouTube, Instagram. And so on YouTube and Instagram, it's never call me again podcast everywhere. Everywhere else, it's just never call me again. Little cartoon version of me is the cover (laughs) art. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a fun ride. Well, you are leaving a huge gift to this world. So I'm just, like I said before, I'm just honored. And thank you for taking time to be with us today. And so I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Kick ass and take names? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, I, think, I think when you're in a situation like mine, it's just, hey, you know, whatever. Just live and be happy and, and just be a good person and enjoy life. You yeah. Know? So yeah, kick ass and take names. Let's, let's leave it laughing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I just want to share this when my dad's funeral, we were going over two weeks before he passed or no, it was a week before he passed away. He wanted what he wanted at the funeral. And he said, I want Elvis. And I said, okay. And we, I put in gospel songs for Elvis. That's what he told me to put in YouTube. And there was a peppy song. I can't think of the name of it by Elvis. And he's like, that's the song. That's the song that ends the funeral. <laughs> because that's awesome. Because of that. It had an upbeat to it. You know, people are gonna go out. My actually my aunt, my dad's sister was dancing and it did, it made you it made you just really rejoice in his life. And I know we will be rejoicing you, yours, Robert. Well, thank you. That, that's wonderful. You know, I, I don't know what it is. And, and so people that are older than us, and so real old people, you know, they just want to go out with a party. And I don't, yeah. you know, 
I, I want to, I, I, I want that. I, I don't know that I want that right now, but I want to want that. I, you reminded me, my mother, and so a month before she passed, we were, we were in the hospital and she's planning her funeral. She's telling me this is, this is what's going to, what I need to happen. And I told her, I said, everything you want. And so she's just going on and on. And I'm thinking, you know, this sounds like carnival or something. This isn't a funeral. <laughs> and finally, I told her, I said, now, I said, if you keep going, I said, we're not going to have room for the giraffes and clowns. And uh, I mean, she just had this thing. It was, I mean, it was like Mardi Gras or something. Mm. I'm like, all right. But yeah, that's, you know, and so that just means that, that maybe they've lived, they've lived a long, good life. And, you know, it's absolutely terrible to, to lose someone, to have to say goodbye to them. But, you know, to, to know that they have, ha- they have made that impression on you, that they have touched you, that they have been kind, that you've, you've shared something special. And, you know, they, I think when they say, hey, I want Elvis, they're saying, <laughs> hey, I, I don't have any regrets. And, and, you know, least of all you, you yeah. know, and so I think that's an incredible gift. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. And if you've enjoyed this episode, because how could you not? What a powerful, impactful person Robert is. And um, you may even took some notes along the way. Please go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. That would really help us out. Until next time. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.